0: Welcome to Busy House Happy Home, where you can ask Charlie your home dilemmas and I will help you along with my expert friends so your busy house becomes a happy home. Welcome to Busy House Happy Home. I am thrilled to have Jenny Whittingham on the podcast chatting to me today. Jenny, welcome. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm really good. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's gorgeous to have you, Jenny. Will you tell everybody a bit about you and what what you do and how how we met? Well, we met on Instagram, um,
1: and years ago, quite a few years ago, and it's lovely to have friends in your pocket like that through Instagram. I think that's the best thing about it is the community that you can find out there. Um, we, yes, definitely connected on Instagram and that's, um, where, you know, where, where I am online. Um, but at home, I am a mum of two boys, and I run a freelance social media consultancy business. Alongside that, and it's just all a bit of a juggle with everything. It's the mum juggle, isn't it, Jenny? It is the mum juggle.
0: Yeah, that we that we often talk about. And it's so I love seeing pictures of you and your boys because you changed your Instagram handle. It used to be, tell us. I've changed it a couple of times actually
1: (laughs) but I just finally decided to just be my own name because I think there's a there was sort of quite a big trend towards people doing that over the last Mm. few years and I just thought I didn't want to be defined by first of all my first Instagram handle was Rupert and Mummy because it was just the two of us and I set it up I set the account up because I had left my job, um, working in a PR agency when I had my son, my oldest son, Rupert, and I was quite missing the creative side of my work. And I suddenly felt that Instagram could be a good place for me to be creative and copyright, which I always loved doing. I always loved writing. So, I was also weaning Rupert at that point. So I thought all I'm doing all day is cooking. So why don't I marry these two things together and start a little Instagram account about food and weaning and, you know, sort of family stuff, but mostly a food orientated account. Um, So, and then when I had Henry, who's my second son and he's four years younger, for a long time, we sort of didn't, we we struggled a little bit to have Henry, and yeah. for a long time we thought it might just be Rupert. Um, and I at that point thought, oh, it's not really very fair on Henry for this account to be called Rupert called and Mummy, Rupert and Mummy. And for Henry not to be involved oh, in it. It's, yeah, yeah. So then I sort of changed it again, and then I didn't really love the name, so I finally just thought, right, I'm just going to be myself.
0: Yeah yeah and I think these things do evolve don't they they take they take time I think I was drawn to your account initially because I just felt it was cozy and you were cozy and lovely and I just I don't know Rupert the bear I just it's a gorgeous <laughs> name, but um, that I was drawn to you through that um, initially and and loved you know what you shared and you always have beautiful beautiful pictures Thank um,
1: like you. It. I feel like that's something that Instagram has really given me is a real love of photography and styling. Um, yeah. It's something that I've really found an interest and a passion for, and something that I've managed to weave into my business that I run now. Um, having not really had much of a background in that before, I used to go on quite a lot of styled interiors photo shoots in my old job, that yeah. um, had never really styled. Particularly myself, um, yeah. and styling those photographs became a real escapism,
0: yes, yes. Yeah. And actually, I think, as a mother, I know that i I love my family first, always. absolutely loving mummy, but I love having something else, and I always have done, because I felt that I'm a better mummy if I've got another little something going on. I'm exactly the same, Carly. I just need to take my brain to another place rather than 100% children and and household. I'm thrilled to announce that Alice Straker is going to be season four of my podcast sponsor. alicestraker.com is just gorgeous. Go and take a look at her website. Alice is a really talented artist and she has put her art onto a range of linens, pottery, prints, tableware and wallpaper and I just think it's really, really gorgeous. I have a couple of mugs which I use all the time. Her tea towels use the most beautiful, beautiful quality linen. I can highly, highly recommend them. If you use the code at checkout, ask Charlie 10 you get 10% off her entire collection. So I really hope you love it as much as I do
1: definitely I think for me it's about having that contextualization almost of your life having another little side project for me has made me better as a mummy because I feel like I come you know back to mummy life just refreshed and with a little bit of an outside
0: viewpoint perhaps Um, yeah I totally totally that resonates massively with me um although I i i love the photos and the styling but i normally don't have time so i'm rushing a little bit too much i'm trying to um yes make make time to actually take better photos
1: Um, it is time consuming and it's just moving things sometimes even a few millimeters just makes all the difference or like turning a plate of food just a little bit just changes the look and you can You know, yeah. you can faff for hours. I call it Insta faffery.
0: Yes, that totally resonates. <laughs> yes, I I totally get that. So let's talk a little bit about. So so you were in PR before having children.
1: Yes, I was in luxury interior design. PR which was an amazing world to be part of I absolutely yeah. loved it um I worked with some great interior designers and other brands that supply interior designers as well um yeah. and it was just the best sort of nine nine years um how did you
0: get into doing that
1: so I did English at university I've always loved sort of the art of communication I've loved reading and also writing um, and it just felt like a good fit for me um i went for lots of interviews and finally um found this amazing boutique interiors pr agency where i started in 2005 wow. quite a long time ago now um, and it was just absolutely amazing to be part of that world. It was yeah. the best experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now, then, then you had Rupert. Yes, I had Rupert. And I really
1: struggled with whether or not to go back to work or not. Yeah. It was a really, really tough decision. But ultimately, I think I went and looked around a few nurseries when he was about nine months old. and. I just couldn't I couldn't I just I couldn't leave him I could I just couldn't do it
0: yeah um I couldn't either
1: yeah it was really really hard because I always loved work as well so it was it was hard to sort of say goodbye to that but it felt like it was only hitting the pause button on work yes and I always felt like I would come back to doing something again and somehow it's just all kind of fallen into place yeah I knew I wasn't
0: going to go back to the job that I had when I was pregnant. So what I. Did you,
1: what were you doing, Charlie,
0: when you were pregnant with your with, 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 your Archie. First, with um, Archie? I was working for a property company in Chelsea, tiny, tiny little um, estate agents, and I did absolutely everything <laughs> from sales, lettings. Um, we refurbished properties for overseas landlords, so I got involved in the interior design side, and. I loved it I absolutely loved it but Simon was living in Sussex when I met him and I met him through my job and I knew that life was going to be down here because his business was based down here and I commuted while I was pregnant and then rather than taking maternity leave I resigned because I think when it's a tiny tiny company and I knew that I wasn't going to go back that that was the right thing to do so Yeah. Yes. So it was it was quite daunting giving up my job and being in a new area where I didn't really know anyone. Obviously, Simon had his friends, but it was all very new to me and daunting and terrifying.
1: How did you find meeting other mums when you were living quite rurally um, with a brand new baby? Because we were in London and it was so easy for me. I had an automatic network around me, even on the same street. Um, There was another mummy who had um, a baby born the same week as me and on the street behind the same. And we, you know, we had this great friendship network. We would do bath time together and tea together and we had this lovely little group and it was a really dream setup with a new baby. But then actually when we moved to Wiltshire, where we live now, Henry was born here and it was a really different experience. I was much more isolated. So I was just interested to know what your experience had been living in the countryside with a new baby.
0: Well, we actually had all the children in London because I've got a muscle condition that meant conceiving wasn't that easy. Initially, um, once we managed to conceive arch, then then the other two happened quite quickly. But it meant that my pregnancies weren't particularly easy. And I also knew in advance I wouldn't be able to go into labor naturally. So I was induced with all of them. I didn't have to have a C-section, but we decided that we would stick with my doctor in London who helped us get pregnant Um, because we trusted him and it felt sort of the right thing to do so I had um, antenatal classes in London and then suddenly I realized that actually I wasn't meeting any other pregnant mothers so in the latter stages of my pregnancy I went to the local medical center And started having antenatal classes there. And I dragged Simon along, much to his utter horror. And I met the most gorgeous, gorgeous group of mummies. And we're still in touch now, which was so lovely. And they actually ran through the health centre, a group called Stepping Stones, which they don't run anymore, sadly. And that was for after your antenatal classes with your new babies to get together once a week with a lady just to chat through emotions and how we're feeling and how we're getting on and so through the antenatal classes and then stepping stones we formed a really wonderful friendship they weren't literally around the corner on the next street but they were near enough to get together at least once a week um and have I don't know we'd one of us would do tea in the garden during the summer and it was just a really really lovely time and we do try and get together still now 14 years on and I think you form really amazing friendships when you're all going through the same stuff you really do <laughs> you really do do and I think nobody quite understands the tiredness the concerns you know is this poo normal is this normal is that not you know it's just lovely to have people going through the same stages as you are and just being able to chat it all through and have a meltdown or a cry or laugh or whatever it might be um and I think you form amazing friendships that way
1: you really do yeah it's lovely I'm really glad that you had that in Sussex as well
0: yeah we were really lucky and I I think you know, when you are, when you find out you're pregnant, your local, the local NHS health centre is fabulous and it does put on all sorts of, you know, wonderful things. And I will still see the midwife and um, the health visitor <clears throat> from time to time in the local car park and we all wave and have a little matter, which is really lovely. And I think community is very important. They say it takes a village to raise a child and it sort of does, doesn't it really? It it does definitely take a village. Yeah, so it must have been quite daunting for you moving out of London. Yes, and- it was. So I was thirty weeks pregnant, so I hadn't really had a chance to do any,
1: wow. you know, any classes down here or really, Anything. you know, meet anybody. It was all very very new.
0: Um, but you know, we we soon settled in. Yes. And did you have to do lots of work to the house or was No. That...
1: No, we've really not done very much to
0: the house at all. It's great. So, yes, because I think often people people do refurbishing a house or renovating or all these things as a baby arrives and it can be quite a crazy time. I think everyone's quite
1: guilty of um taking on a lot all at once. So, I'd say yeah, moving house and then having the baby and you know starting Rupert in a new school and all that sort of thing was all happening at once and that all felt like quite enough to be honest
0: (laughs) yes I I totally hear you yeah so when did you get back to um to to doing some work and will you tell us what you're doing now yes so I run a small
1: social media consultancy business and it's just me at the moment and I work with a range of clients um really really different and each client has got really different um requirements so my weeks are so varied um I started back working when Henry was about one yep I think so about about three and a half four years ago um and that was just with one client and I was just working with them and then slowly over the last few years um it's built up a little bit more and um I do the sort of full social media consultancy strategy and social media management but then also I do content creation I write blog posts which I really really enjoy going back to the um love of writing that's brilliant um I can do a bit of PR if required, you know, it's, it's really lovely to be flexible and be able to just um, mm. do what each client needs and be able to fulfill, fulfill their requirements.
0: Yeah.
1: How brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's really, and, and I think you can offer lots of different aspects with your background. Yes, definitely.
1: It's been great to be able to bring into the mix my PR experience from my job before having Rupert, but then really spending quite a lot of time on Instagram and building my own reasonably small, but you know, still um,
0: engaged community. Yeah. And it, you have and a, a really engaged community, which I, I think is actually think... lovely about you know, you don't have to have a massive account. I don't have a massive account, but it's about the community that you have got it's always been for me it's always been about community more
1: than numbers um you know I think it's very easy to get drawn into the numbers game and get you know fret if people unfollow you which inevitably they do um but it's about keeping the people who are there hopefully happy I feel like I'm probably a lot quieter on Instagram um at the moment probably because I'm so busy with work um I don't always have as much time to spend on my own account anymore so I think it's probably transitioning slightly into more of a just feeling a bit more like a personal account than you know a specifically food orientated or you know um a specifically fashion orientated it's more it's more sort of you know just everyday
0: glimpses I think yeah, which is lovely because actually, it's it's relatable, um, and I think that's important to to um, be relatable by showing sort of everyday glimpses rather than yes,
1: and probably more on stories than um, I'm probably more on stories now, sort of sort of the day to day rather than doing posts all the time. Um, yeah. So I do try and check in, say hi, and. Well, not really speak, I don't know. I mean, I think you're very good at talking on your Instagram.
0: I've got worse because I now have a weekly vlog that goes out on YouTube. So I tend to do my talking for that rather than on my Instagram stories. Whereas before, Mm -hmm. when I was just doing a weekly how-to video, Then I was chatting a lot more on stories, and I'm finding it hard to find the right balance. Yeah, you know what I mean, because I don't want to be doubling up on content, and then be like, "Well, I've heard you tell us all this already this week, so why do I need to watch the video?" (laughs) Yeah, I see what you mean.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. I I never really chat on stories anymore. It used to just be part of my daily thing. I just would hop on and say hello and we're doing this every day I think it's more you know I tend to go on and just pop on a few photos of the dogs and the children and whatever we might be eating (laughs) what dogs have you got Jenny we've got two Dachshunds yeah (laughs) you had their long head, are not they they're both long haired yes yes Yes. they're gorgeous so you've got a new little boy a new little boy called Crumpet who is 15 weeks old now um very very sweet he's he's next to me he's fast asleep in his little crate at the moment. absolutely lovely little thing. um I definitely keep you know it's another element of uh, of uh, busyness to blend
0: into the into the day definitely. I spent so much time looking after the dogs. they um yes, you've got a whole pack of dogs got a whole pack too many, and they do take up quite a lot of my day but I love you know they're just part of the family. But yeah, I'm absolutely
1: part of them. the family. I'm, I'm quite lucky that having Daxons, they don't require hours of yomping across fields. They're quite happy with the sort of 20-minute
0: little Pot scooch about. <laughs> yes, I totally relate to that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're quite happy just and if the weather's bad, they don't want to go anywhere. No. They really don't. They put the brakes on.
1: Do they look the at me, they look at me as if I'm absolutely mad that I should, should suggest stepping outside the door.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's, exactly if there's any moisture
1: in the air. <laughs>
0: yeah. They know in the morning as well. They know they are so clever. If it's a wet morning, I literally have to pick them all up out of bed and take them outside one by one and just <laughs> shut the door so they don't scoop back in. And I have this terrible sort of fiasco going on trying to get them out for a morning wee Do your children help with the dogs in the mornings they don't then in the mornings because I normally take them out before I wake the children up and then you have they'll... to wake your children up I don't know if we can be friends anymore Charlie no, <laughs> mine them it, up at the crack door. it changes it ch- totally changes there's a shift in fact I don't have to wake Gus up well I do on school mornings but he has to be up at 10 to 7 but it changes let me think I think when you get when they get to about 10 11 12 12 13 like, um, to it. it totally changes but I um I felt the same way as you did for many many years and and it yeah but now they go to bed so much later so you have this massive reversal of you've lost your evenings, which is quite an adjustment because mine all used to go to bed at seven o'clock. Mm. There was no negotiating. They didn't come downstairs. And I would be like, right, if if I'd been busy with the children or maybe in holidays, that's when I would start my working day when they'd gone to bed. Yes. And now I have, you know, maybe at nine o'clock, Mum, I'm still hungry like oh my god no don't tell me this <laughs> so there's a shift you haven't quite got there
1: but they're not quite there yet so Rupert's eight so maybe the shift will come but he's always been a terrible sleeper so I'm I don't hold out much hope for him um becoming a liar a.
0: yeah it will happen we'll have this conversation in a few years time <laughs> and I won't be able to get him out of bed <sighs> Yeah so I have to wake them up so they give them their morning um, biscuits but when we all have breakfast but the children don't don't help me because they're still in their rooms (laughs) but they help they they're very good with them and they take them for walks and they're they're very involved Um, and I think it's lovely actually children growing up with animals I think
1: oh really lovely and I've I've really made an effort with Crumpet the new addition that the boys have got some responsibility with him because I feel like they're old enough we had Achilles our older one is nine so we had him before Rupert was born so the dynamic is slightly different um I want Crumpet to really know his place in the household and know that if the boys ask him to do something then he'll do it for them whereas Achilles you know obviously thinks that he's superior to the children
0: Yes, because he was there first. He was there first. And they're, they're so funny, aren't they? They're such a funny breed. They really do think <laughs> like that. They do. I love seeing in your pictures that you get your boys involved in the kitchen. Oh, they do so much cooking with me.
1: Um, we are really are a very foodie family and they're great eaters. They love to try all sorts of different things. Um, they love to cook. They love to bake. And... And they wash up too. So Henry has found his love of washing up, which is great. This was yesterday. Um, He decided that washing up is the cool new thing, which was just brilliant. He washed up everything from we baked some cookies. So we didn't have too much to wash up. But he just wanted to do it all himself and wouldn't let
0: me even touch anything. And I think it is so important to get children started from a young age in the kitchen. I say, don't worry about the mess. Don't worry, you can clear mess can be cleared up, but the interest you know if they've got that interest in intrigue, nurture it. Get them involved. Get them touching food, playing with food. Get the, that curiosity going. I think is so vital. <coughs>
1: oh, sorry, that's my dog. That's that's my... A little
0: whimper. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't <thanks>. apologise. <laughs> Lovely to hear. Um, I used to teach pre-COVID children to cook from my kitchen. Did you? I didn't and know. That. And I did little, little um, baking. Well, we we used to make um, pizza. So we'd make the pizza dough. We'd you know everything from scratch. We'd make burgers. So I would get their hands in the mince because I think it's really important that children aren't put off by touching raw meat and things like that. Um, So we'd do sort of cookery sessions and then we'd do baking sessions. And sometimes I'd look at the mess when they all went home and sort of want to cry because it was just, where do I start? There'd be glitter and sprinkles everywhere. But you know what? Put your apron on, put your rubber gloves on, and it doesn't take that long at all. And they've learned so much. And you can always clear up the mess you can always clear up the mess it's just going away happy with a box full of things that they've baked I think it's really brilliant
1: it's magical and it's such an it's just an essential life skill you've got to be able to feed yourself and it you know the if you've got the basic skills um then you know that you can always get a meal on the table no matter you know what your budget might be or yeah um you know what what um food might be in the fridge you can you know the ability to be able to rustle something up and be able to feed yourself and your friends or your family is just so important and food brings people together and you know there's nothing lovelier than all sitting around the table and eating together and the reality is that we don't really do we're not able to do that in the week just um Lawrence doesn't get home until much, much later. Um, but at the weekends, we
0: really make an
1: effort to all.
0: Sit sit in together and chat I about. think it is so important. Um, if I am busy, sometimes we have breakfasts at different times. And if we don't all sit down as a family, which we try to do when we can, um, I have the children sitting at the kitchen island while I'm doing things. And so we're talking while we're eating. I think it's it's really, really important. I um had a proud mummy moment with Archie, the eldest. He was invited to Italy last summer and they were staying in a villa and he one evening decided that he was going to cook. And I think there was about 12 of them staying and he cooked for everybody. And I was so chuffed that he has got the confidence to do that and he said to the mother that of of the family that had invited him I think I'd like to cook this evening you can have a break (laughs) and he's got a charming guest but you know I've got them I've got them involved from from a young age and if and that I think has been such a good thing and it's what my mum did for us you know I didn't even realise I was learning to do these things she'd just say can you stir that white sauce can you whisk this could you just add the sugar in slowly to the meringues whatever it was and learnt these various skills just through mum getting us involved.
1: Absolutely my parents are very much the same my mum was always everything you know she cooked everything from scratch and we were always in the kitchen just always it's just the heart it really is just the heart of the
0: home for for us it is for us as well um I love it I love it oh Jenny, it's so gorgeous chatting to you let's talk a little bit more about juggling work and the children and how you manage that well I think
1: that it's and int- <laughs> it's a really interesting one. There's an awful lot going on and every week looks quite different. So it's sometimes quite difficult to plan as a freelancer exactly what your week's going to look like because pe- like things might come up and especially working in social media, you can only plan so much because you might have to hop onto something that's trending or some news might break and then that changes your little plan that you might have so things are quite often flexing um but I heard about a new book um, which I'm going to order and I really want to read and it's called The Blend and it's by Toby Azari and it's all about the blend of motherhood and work and I think that that terminology is so interesting so thinking about the blend rather than the juggle or the balance because actually when you're talking a bit frenetic and makes me think oh my gosh I'm juggling so many things yes. but you're thinking it's about a blend, negative connotation it just maybe feels a bit gentler yeah to yes. me. so I'm really interested to read that but um I think that it's about framing things in your mind so that you're not feeling frantic so rather than thinking oh my god I've got to cook dinner and I've got to do this and I've got to do the other it's about thinking that how lucky I am to be able to be in my nice warm kitchen cooking dinner for my children and you know and just thinking about things in a more positive way sometimes helps me personally with bringing everything together Yeah. Um, yeah and also I think I've realized this year that it's really important to make some time that's just for me. Um, And that brings me to everything in a more, I've got more energy and I've got more focus. I think if I've a sacrosanct on a Wednesday morning, I go to a yoga class and that's in my diary. I don't move it. I've paid for my, you know, course up front. And that's my hour for oh, me. That's um, just non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, so having something like that, I think, is really important. Key And to just really charge your own batteries a little bit where you can. And it's easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? It's hard to cherish yourself, especially when you're maybe starting work at 7pm. Like we've just talked about, put the children to bed, then start work, which is often the case for me. Um, But it's just finding little pockets. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that um, the word blend is a really, really positive one because the juggle, it's got a negative connotation. So you're immediately, as you said, feeling anxious about how you're going to do it all and actually yeah that's really really great advice and I think it is so important to take a little bit of time to do something that you love I've started going to bed slightly earlier and reading and I sleep so much better from um, just even if it's just a chapter it's it's really good my husband's doing the same thing and I think rather than stopping work turning off the computer and then coming straight up to bed your mind's still buzzing whereas actually if you take a bit of time you just need to disconnect don't you
1: from your day and I think there's nothing I I try really hard not to look at my phone in bed I obviously fail on (laughs) obviously fail on that quite regularly but I do try quite hard to just put my phone down and like you just read for a bit um And just flip your brain from busy mode, work mode, into more of a restful state,
0: hopefully. Because I think it's quite difficult. People think that they can just get hold of you 24-7. The work landscape has changed a lot, hasn't it? It really has. And you've got, I actually keep my phone on silence the majority of the time. Me too. And I look at it when it suits me to look at it. And actually, if somebody desperately needs to get hold of me, they will. Um, And I've got special ringtone set for the children's schools, so it overrides the silence and has a special ringtone, which is quite clever. So I know if there's a panic, they can get me. Yeah, and and my husband really good tip. And I'm just trying to just reply to emails when I sit down to reply to emails, unless it's something urgent that has to be kind of immediate, but I kind of feel that if it has to be that immediate, they'll call me. It's sort of my thinking, um, because otherwise it can take over, can't it? It can, and I think people understand
1: if they're working with you, like in you know my instance, they know all my clients know how my life is is and they know they're all also parents and also in the you know and it's very interesting all actually all my clients are women interestingly yeah. i've realized um and not consciously but i think the the dynamic is quite particular yeah and everyone understands each other and where everyone's coming from mm-hmm. um, and
0: that's that's actually really interesting, yeah, yeah. oh, it's been so lovely to have this conversation with you, Jenny, thank you for coming and chatting to me. it's It's really lovely to um, you know, I think just just to have these conversations and people to know that that they're not alone and they're not you know the only ones um out there. I, I think it's just great to have just you know real real conversations and chat. It's so, been lovely
1: to chat to you, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And Jenny, where can people find you and get in touch? So my Instagram account is Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y
1: underscore Whittingham.
0: Okay, we'll leave um, your details linked in the show notes down below so people can reach out and get in touch with you. Oh, um, Jenny, lovely. thank you. Gorgeous, gorgeous chatting. Thanks so much, Charlie. Bye. I would be really grateful if you are enjoying my podcast if you would just take a moment to hit the subscribe button it helps other people know that we exist and I would be so grateful of that and leave me a review the more subscribers we have the more episodes I can put on for you so please just take a moment and hit the subscribe button